We are asked over and over again, how do you find the right phone numbers for the properties you're trying to buy? It is pretty simple. You skip trace the owner and property address. What does that mean? What does skip trace mean? It means you go and find the contact information of the owner of a property. But you don't want to do that one time. Real estate is a numbers game and a people business. You need to work a lot of leads to find motivated sellers. We use an awesome skip trace service that you can upload a giant list of names and addresses all at once, and a few minutes later, you have a ton of phone numbers for prospecting. Visit www.dpipodcast.com forward slash skip trace. Welcome to the Discount Property Investor Podcast, where we show you how to buy real estate at a discount so you can create wealth over time and income today. Our mission is to share what we have learned from the experience of others and help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate, the discount property investor way. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you haven't listened to us before, we encourage you guys to go back and check out episodes 1 through 10, uh, as well as check out the free wholesalecourse.com. There we've got pretty much everything you need to know laid out on how to wholesale, how to get started investing in real estate. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. We were interviewed by the Simple Wholesaling team, uh, Jaron and Brent, and uh, this episode is actually us being interviewed by them. So this aired on the Simple Wholesaling podcast, their episode number 57. If you like what you heard, check out Simple Wholesaling, and we uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Okay, guys, so we are so excited for today's show. We're going to do things a little bit differently, and it's time to get your doubles on, right, Jaron? Yeah. We're going to play some doubles tennis. I don't even know what that is. All right. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are interviewing a couple of really cool guys. We are interviewing David Dodge and Mike Slane. This duo is out of St. Louis, Missouri, and they run a wholesaling company called Household Easy. And they also have their own podcast and a, a coaching program with, and it's called Discount Property Investor. You know, we just got to be introduced to them. They're cool guys and they're running a very successful successful business out in Missouri. So thank you so much, guys, for joining us. What's up? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Hey, guys, to kick this thing off, let's kind of, you know, condense Reader's Digest version, but I'd love to hear kind of your guys' backgrounds. Um, and we'll start with you, Dave. You know, what's your background? You know, where do you come from? How did you get in, involved in real estate? And then once you're done, Mike, you, you also answered that question for us. And then kind of go into how you guys partnered up on this, uh, on your business to you guys have now. Sure, sure. So my name is David Dodge. I am a partner here at uh, Discount Property Investor and Household Easy Properties. Um, I've been investing in real estate for nine, maybe 10 years, very passively. Um, I've always had uh, jobs up until about, oh, maybe three or four years ago. And then I started doing some entrepreneurial type um, businesses and about maybe two years ago, maybe a little less than that, I jumped into real estate full time and started wholesaling properties. So when I say that I've been investing in real estate for 10 years, I was passively investing. I was buying properties off the MLS. 
I was doing your traditional 20% down, 80% financing, and just kind of just kind of parking cash in investment properties. And I wasn't buying at a discount because I didn't know that you could do that necessarily. And yeah, for the most part, two years as a full-time real estate investor. So at this point in time, you know, I, I would consider myself to be an expert wholesaler. I'm a landlord. I have about 15 rental properties. And I do about maybe two, three rehabs a year. And I manage my own property. So I'm a landlord. I'm an investor. I'm a rehabber. I'm a property manager. I'm a wholesaler. And I also dabble a little bit in new construction. Awesome. Sounds good. Mike, don't forget licensed pilot too. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, No, my story is a little bit simpler. I am the laziest uh, busy person I've ever met. So the reason I was drawn to real estate was the passive income. I mean, that whole concept of being able to accumulate rentals and have someone else basically pay down the mortgage, pay me a little bit of cash on the side so that I can live the lifestyle that I want to was always hugely attractive to me. So throughout college, I always thought, oh, I have to put it off. I can't, can't really buy a house now. There's no way for me to buy a house now. So I did. I mean, I put it off until I graduated, uh, had a decent job, was working, and bought my first uh, rental property. So from there, uh, I think it was probably about 2009, uh, bought the first rental and eventually just worked on paying off my debt. Reached my, uh, one of our, our other friends calls it a strike number which is basically my passive income was enough to pay my bills month to month. And I says, forget it, I'm out. And I uh, quit the day job and decided I'm going to be in real estate full time. Well, I didn't, I wasn't living a, you know, a luxurious lifestyle by any stretch of the imagination, but I had enough to pay the bills. So I didn't have to go to work. So I wanted to do something kind of fun. So I've always considered real estate my jobby, kind of a job and a hobby. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> My wife does not like it when I say that because she says you need to have hobbies outside of work. You know? this, yeah. is, this is my job. This is jobby. I love it. <laughs> so, so I'm doing my jobby now. I jumped into wholesaling without ever doing it. Full steam ahead. Took me about six months to even figure it out. So I mean, I'm not the smartest guy, obviously. Not the. I mean, again, I figured it out. Uh, so, so I've been doing, doing wholesaling. wholesaling. Uh, building a rental portfolio, portfolio. I've, I've sold, sold some, I've bought, bought some, some. I kind of go back, back and forth. forth. I guess I, I, I kind of transitioned then into how Household Easy got started. So I was wholesaling, like I said, for several years. And I met up with a gentleman named Bill Merritt. And he is, uh, what's the nice way to say old? Bill's a character. Yeah, he's, a, he's a character. <laughs> he's a middle-aged guy. He quit his job and he was buying rentals. Uh, so he was buying some properties from me. And uh, Bill was kind of the mastermind behind this office. His, his idea was, let's get a bunch of real estate investors together in one office building. And we'll just be able to do more deals. If me and Dave and Bill and Ray, our other partner, are just sharing space together, we'll be able to do more deals. So that was kind of the infancy of the Household Easy brand or partnership, the discount property investor uh, partnership. Yeah, so it's four partners in the company. And uh, we were all investing in real estate and just kind of having different niches. Me and Mike were, were uh, wholesaling. Our other partner, Ray, had been wholesaling for 20 plus years. And Bill was kind of more of the landlord slash rehabber. He was doing rehabs as well as acquiring, acquiring uh, you know, properties for his own portfolio. For the most part, you know, we all got together and decided, hey, instead of us all spending, you know, two, three thousand a piece a month, marketing to the same people and competing. Let's put this marketing budget together, form a company, and you know, we can do more deals because we'll have more people to lean on. 
And we also won't be wasting money marketing to the same people. And we've kind of niched ourselves into, into different corners of the business. You know, we all obviously focus on wholesaling. That's our core business. However, we have, you know, different corners for rehabbing and, and landlording and coaching. So everyone kind of has a hat that they wear and we all work together and it's, it's really been a, a big success. I wouldn't want to go back to doing it on my own. That's for sure. That's awesome. That's good. You know, I always look at, we interview a lot of people on our podcast and you guys really represent a lot of who we are here at Simple Wholesaling. Number one is our company is called Simple Wholesaling. Yours is called Household Easy, basically simple. You guys have seven members on your team. We have seven members. St. Louis is very similar to Indianapolis. So you guys probably do the same types of deals. That's really awesome. You know, one thing is, is talk to our audience about you guys took and, and I we run a meetup here in Indianapolis and I always talk about partnering with people because a lot of people are new, you know, they've been doing it for a little while, but they just can't get the hang of it. They can't quite get up to where they need to be. And I always talk to them about, hey, maybe find somebody you can you can partner with. And obviously you guys have taken that and done it very well. But also the the bad part of partner, I always say it's like a marriage, you know, especially now you got four people, you know, in the bed, I guess is what you might call it. And uh, sometimes that can be, be difficult. How do you guys handle all that? Does everybody kind of have a separate role and you guys don't, you know, get into each other's way or how does that all work and your, your partnership or how can you tell our audience about why, why this has benefited you so much on, on this partnership plan? Yeah, definitely. So uh, obviously, there are pros and cons to working with other people. So I always look at it as, uh, you know, which one outweighs the other. So the the challenges that we face by working with other people, I think, are minimal compared to the benefits of working with someone else. Uh, if you look at the number of deals that any one of us could do on our own and, and the amount of effort that it would take, you wouldn't be able to match that by having multiple people in defined roles. So again, it's, it's creating a bigger pie for us all as opposed to having a whole pie to yourself. So I, again, I just think that the pros kind of outweigh the cons. Yeah, even if you divide want. the pie into four slices, I think is what you're getting at. It's still going to be a bigger slice than if you had the whole pie, you know? Gotcha. So like we're, we're consistently doing 15 deals a month, maybe a little more occasionally on, on certain months, you know, call it 15 to 20, you know, and on average, for each of us to be able to do five on our own a month would be very difficult That's if awesome. you include the amount of time that we're working. Yeah. So the idea too, you know, if you got to think too is work less by having mul- multiple people on your team, you know, and having a role for somebody marketing to sellers and a role for somebody marketing properties that we then have to buyers and somebody that's, you know, role is update the website and answer the calls and another role of, you know, two or three individuals that are just out in the field, purchasing property, so on and so forth. And doing all that on your own every day, it's just challenging. Yeah. We all did it. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that we couldn't do five on our own. Like I could do five on yeah. my own. Dave could do five on his own every month, but we've got a whole lot of other things we're building out. So we've yeah, got five o'clock in the afternoon, whenever, you know, the clock strikes five, I want to be able to turn my phone off and not sweat, you know, missing three or four buyer calls. Right. Yeah. So you can work a little less by having the two. But so one of the, well, one of the great tools that we've used and are implementing and still in the process, I think, of implementing uh, more efficiently is the EOS model from a book called Traction. So that's the Entrepreneurial Operating System. 
And that, I mean, I think the main concept or the biggest takeaway is to take the right person and put them in the right seat. So in our company, you've got one person who is the lead of acquisitions. And then you've got one person who is the lead of sales. So one person, again, kind of comes up with the process and what is supposed to happen for that and then leads that charge. Same thing with marketing. So you've got one person in charge of marketing or any number of things. Awesome. That's good. Yeah, guys, we'll definitely put that in the show notes at simplewholesaling.com forward slash episode 57. And uh, Traction, we've talked about Traction a lot. I've read the book Traction. If you haven't read the book Traction and looked at this EOS model, it, and you guys probably would agree, Mike and David, it, is it a game changer? Oh, I would say so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, just business planning together. It, I mean, mm-hmm. we took a weekend retreat. I mean, it took us a long time, but man, yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's cool. Well, let me jump in there, guys. I want to ask a, a few questions. I, I used to say in times past that I am the Lorax. I speak for the newbies. So I want to ask you guys uh, some newbie questions. So take us back to go back in your mind to when you were first getting started in this business. Obviously, when you know, right now it's, you know, you have a team, you got somebody who's doing this, doing that. But take us back to when you're a one man show. Because what I what we run into a lot, Brett mentioned our meetup, and what we run into a lot are people who are studying and studying and studying this business, but they won't. There's some kind of blockage for them to just simply take action. So I want in in you know I want you guys to, to walk us through from first learning about wholesaling how you get into your first deal. That's a great question, guys, and we've actually built out a course to help people with this exact same problem. So, um, Mike, how long did it take you to do your first deal? I think it was close to six months. Like from the day you said, I'm going to be a full-time wholesaler to the time to do that first deal and get paid. Maybe it was like three or four months after that, but it was like six months of me. Six like, months total. I'm going to do this. Okay. I'm going to wholesale. Yeah. So it took Mike six. It took me probably three and a half, give or take. So from the day that I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this wholesaling thing full-time. It took me, you know, Three and a half months took Mike almost six to get that first paycheck. And I think the reason is, is because, you know, you start looking on forums online, you start buying books. I know I bought 30 different books about wholesaling and they all kind of say the same thing and just a little bit different uh, perspective. And um, it wasn't until that I hired a coach, a, you know, a wholesaling coach that really took my business you know, to the next level, it actually started making money, I guess is a better way to word it. So um, I started on my own, I bought a bunch of books, and I was I was buying courses online. And, um, you know, I was just digesting all this information. And it was I was in analysis paralysis mode, to where I knew what I needed to do, but I didn't act on anything. You know, I just was every day thinking, well, I probably need to learn a little bit more. But really, as you guys, you know, as the name of your company states, Simple Wholesaling, Wholesaling is a very simple business. Now, there's a difference between easy and simple. You know, whenever you say simple, like the processes that you put in place in order to do a wholesale deal are very, very, very simple, but not necessarily easy. Um, But oftentimes people confuse those two things and they think, hey, this business is going to be hard and there's going to be a lot of things that need to go into it. And essentially what me and Mike have done is we've created a free course online called freewholesalecourse.com. And, you know, it's a pretty easy domain to remember. It's a free wholesale course. So freewholesalecourse.com. And what we've done is we've taken all the information that's out there, all the books, all the courses, 
you know, all the people that are coaching and teaching these things and, and programs on how to get involved in wholesaling, put together a free course to show people, hey, this is not only, you know, simple, but it can be easy. You know, just don't overcomplicate it. There's well, only I a think- couple bullets that, you know, go into the business. And if you just focus on one at a time and, you know, go through the course and, you know, figure it out, it doesn't have to be that difficult. Right. So I think the hold up for new investors, I mean, whatever it is, we tried to address a lot of that in the free course as well. So, and again, it's never going to be that breaking point or that tipping point for everyone. But I mean, one of the, oh, I don't have a contract. I don't know what contract to use. Well, we put one in the course. Right. It's like, I don't, I don't know who should I call. Like we put that in the course. We tell you how to get your phone ringing. Right. Um, I mean, all, all those, those initial uh, stopping points, we try to break through at least a little bit on the course. Yeah, and just so. make it easy. You know, as you guys know in, in wholesaling, you you know, you got to market to get your phone ringing. You got to answer the phone or have somebody to answer that phone. And then you either got to go out and get that property under contract after a walkthrough or get a contract on it and then go do your walkthrough. It doesn't really matter which route you take, but either way, you got to do one of those two things. And then once you have that property under contract, you either need to close on it or you need to start marketing immediately. And then once you find the buyer, then you need to figure out how to get the buyer in and or be able to answer those calls, respond to those emails. Once you get that buyer to agree to buy that property, then there's another simple piece of paperwork that goes into place. And then you have a closing coordinator that you put in place to then coordinate the closing so you get paid. That is the entire business that I just laid out, you know, and it's it really is that simple. And, you know, our goal is to make it also easy for people. And that's why we put together that free course. So to, I think to answer your question, you know, what was it like when we first started? You know, we were doing all the things that I just stated, except for we didn't have somebody that was in charge of buying. We didn't have somebody that was in charge of selling. We didn't have a closing coordinator like we do now. So we were doing all of this stuff ourselves, which is fine to do when you're starting out. But we highly encourage, you know, build a team, you know, find your power partners, to where you can, you know, expand your business and do more and more deals. So in the beginning, yeah, we started out postcards, bandit signs, letters, phone starts ringing, you're setting appointments, and you are going out and getting properties under contract. Then you go home, you're putting them on your website, you're emailing, you're texting, you're posting on Craigslist, Facebook, so on and so forth, getting that phone to ring. Boom, the phone is ringing. There you go. Wow. That's that phone is right ringing. There. So you can awesome. tell them there's something right over here. And uh, <laughs> got to put that on mute. Yeah. So, you know, once that phone starts ringing, then you, you know, figure out a way to sell that property to to the investor that is calling. You know, figure out, um, you know, how to get them in there. If there's a lockbox, I want to give them the code, so on and so forth. You know, and then you are coordinating your own closings and then you get paid. See, that's a it's very it's very simple when you say it like that. And it's very easy to do that first deal, in my opinion. But the problem is, is that without having a team, once you get to 60, 80, maybe 100 people in your follow up system, then half of your day is consumed by following up with the individuals versus being able to answer those phones, run those appointments, do the marketing on both sides to buyers and sellers. So, you know, what we have done is we have dedicated two people full time just to do nothing but follow up with with individuals. Our follow-up system has almost 2,000 people in it that get a call, a text, or an email, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly at this point, because you've probably heard this before, but the money is in the follow-up. A lot of our leads take four to six months to actually convert, 
because the motivation either isn't there today or for whatever reason, they're just not ready to pull the trigger. You know, so what we really encourage and teach our students as well as, you know, in our courses and the free course, of, of, of course, is <laughs> that, uh, you know, the money's in the follow up. So the business is simple, but it's not necessarily easy once you have a massive list of people that you're needing to follow up with on a monthly basis. So by creating that team, you don't have to worry about marketing to sellers, running appointments, going out and getting properties under contract. Um, and then, you know, marketing those properties to the buyers and doing all those things on your own on top of calling 2000 people on a weekly basis to say, Hey, this is Dave at household easy properties. I haven't forgot about you. Do you still have that house over on, you know, ABC street? Great. I still want to buy it. Are you wanting to sell it this week? Yes. Great. No, no problem. I'll call you next week. You know, so mm -hmm. the follow up is so key in this business. The money is in the follow up. Like I said a minute ago, the average deal that we do is four to six months from the time that they initially called us. And it's not because we're not good at closing. It's because we need to be able to get that property at a good enough price to be able to wholesale it or close on it with little to, you know, little to no risk of knowing that we're going to be able to profit when we sell it. And oftentimes, whenever we get them on the phone initially and or go out and run that appointment initially, you know, that motivation isn't there yet. They're willing to take an offer that's you know, maybe a little bit under market, but they're not willing to sell it at a 30% or 40% discount. Does that make sense, guys? Hey, I think we got cut off there, um, Dave. I'm, I can hear you guys. I'm back. How, how much time did we lose there? Just, just like 30 seconds. Um, it's kind of cutting in and out. Maybe if you guys, can you guys cut your video? That might help the internet maybe a little bit better or something. Sure. Hold and then we, we're, we're going to edit this anyway, so we, you can start back uh, about 30 seconds ago. All right. Can you see it? Or is it better now, guys? Yeah, it's yeah. better. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Or do you want me to start back with anything or? Um, like it, it just cut off like 20 or 30 seconds to go. So, um, I think we were talking, obviously we were talking about the follow-up and uh, the key to that and just being able to, to, to doing that. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what. Exactly right. Well, here, I'll just wrap it up. I mean, the, the main point of, you know, of, of building that power team is because it gets very difficult on your own. You know, once you start scaling the business and really it's inevitable to scale the business because your follow up system is only going to get bigger and bigger. So as you start, you know, it, you know, keep it simple, obviously. Um, and it's it's easy when you start because you don't have that huge system. So you're doing all these things on your own. But once you get to a point where you have a couple hundred people in that follow up system, the business is still simple, but it's not necessarily easy because you know, 80% of your time is focused on following up with individuals and there's very little time left to go do all the other things that are needed to run a successful and profitable wholesaling business, like all the appointments and answering the calls and marketing and closing coordination and so on and so forth. So, you know, what we recommend is, you know, as your company gets a little bit older and it starts to grow a little bit, you know, grow your team with it. So that way you can keep it easy. It's always going to be simple. 
but there's only only so many hours in the day. And like you know, we just stated, we have two thousand people in our follow up system. There's no way that one person alone could call that many people in a, in a week's time, let alone two people, let alone two people do that and run the entire business. So you have to put right person, right seat, and you know, literally dedicate somebody full time. To doing nothing but follow up and nothing but acquisition, nothing but sales. Yeah, I mean, I, and I would I would interject that. Uh, I mean, it kind of depends on where you're trying to grow your business, right? Um, so, I mean, we're trying to grow a, a pretty sizable business. Like we are. we're trying to expand. Uh, whereas, if you're just looking to do a couple wholesales a month, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So you don't no, necessarily not at all. have to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, not at all. Power team. But after your follow up system becomes large enough, yeah. it's going to be the business is still going to be simple, like I stated. But it's going to go from easy to no longer being easy because you have so many hats that you're wearing. So in the beginning, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how we all started, obviously. You know, I, I, I again, push people towards the free wholesale course to learn how simple and easy this business can be. Awesome. Yeah, guys. Uh, so check out. Yeah, I just wanted to do a plug, guys. We're going to link to their course in the show notes. Um, so you guys can check them out, that out at www.simplewholesaling.com forward slash episode five seven. Um, yeah, it was that was. Thank you guys so much. You really, you know, hit it hit it right on the the nail on the head, as they say. So, um, one of the the other questions that that I had, um, kind of just going into your specific strategy, are you guys assigning contracts primarily, or do you actually close? And then sell. So that's a great question. We do assign contracts, but I wouldn't say primarily. And the reason is, is because we've kind of gotten away from any deal where we're only making two, three, four thousand on it. I mean, obviously we still do those deals, but that's not the mission. That's not the goal whenever we go into to buying the property, buying that deal. So we typically do, I'd say maybe 80 to 85 percent double close. At this point, and you know, 15, 20% assignment. And the reason is, is because, you know, our average wholesale is anywhere between eight and 10 grand at this point. It just makes sense to do the double close. We don't want to upset the investors that are buying from us, nor is it really their business what money we're making. Um, but additionally, it helps the top line revenue whenever we're doing double closes because we can claim that revenue. That's running through the business, which helps with, you know, our lending partnerships. Awesome. That sounds good. Um, cool. That's that's very similar to what we do here at Simple Wholesaling. Um, what are what are some unique things that you guys are doing in your business? I know there's there's probably the are you guys just doing, you know, the same types of marketing strategies that are very, very typical in wholesaling, you know, direct mail, um, other strategies, but are you guys doing anything that can maybe help um, our audience, um, you know, in their wholesaling business that's a little bit different, it's a little bit unique, that kind of sets you guys apart from the rest of the, the crowd? Because I know here in Indianapolis, there's a lot of wholesalers that's become very competitive, and we have to kind of try and set ourselves apart from that. And I'm, and I'm sure it's the same way in St. Louis as well. So what sets you guys apart in your market? Yeah, so I think the main thing, uh, so I mean, as far as like any tricks or uh, marketing gimmicks, we don't do anything like that. I mean, I think the thing that we use to set ourselves apart is kind of what David said and touched on earlier, which is our follow-up system. Uh, that's something that most people just don't do. So we continue to follow up with people. 
And again, that's that's how we get, I'd say, probably 70% of our deals closed is on follow-up. I mean, at least 70%. Yeah, absolutely, um, Mike. I, I want to add one thing to that. You know, we also, we, we are prepared. And that's very important. So when we go on an appointment, um, I'll give you a perfect example. So we went on an appointment on, um, I guess it was on Friday of last week. We met a gentleman. He was an out-of-state landlord. He came in for Friday, Saturday to show the property and there was wholesalers leaving when we arrived and there was wholesalers arriving as we were leaving. So we were not the only people looking at the property. There was probably 15 to 20 individuals that walked through it in the two hour window from 10 to 12 that he, you know, had allotted for. And I think we, we showed up right around 11. So we were right in the middle of that window. Anyway, to make a long story short, we were prepared. We came with comps in hand we had our credibility packet, and we brought a contract. So we walked the property, and we knew that there was going to be competition on it based on the fact that there's people leaving and arriving, you know. And uh, we said, hey, let's come in a little aggressive on this offer, but we still need to make this make sense. So we handed him a written offer, zero contingencies, as is, with our proof of funds in hand, right then and there on the property. So he knew where we were at. Most other wholesalers are going to go out there, they're going to take pictures, they're going to go back to the office, they're going to assess the deal, and they're going to think about it, talk it over with their partners if they have partners, so on and so forth. And they may email or call over an offer later that day or even the following day. And he was going to decide on this particular property that Sunday, so you know, two days later. So we called him after the open house was, was done, literally you know, 12, 30, 1 o'clock, and we said, hey, did you get any other offers? How does ours stand up? And he said, yeah, everybody that I talked to, you know, said they were going to send over an offer. And, you know, your guys' was the only offer that was in hand, you know, written and that he had already received. And we said, okay, great. Well, you know, here's the deal. We don't want to, you know, we're not really trying to, you know, compete with ourselves. How does our offer look? You know, what is it going to take to get this signed on your end right now? And, you know, after a little bit of negotiation, we got him to sign that day and all the other competitors in the space hadn't even sent their offer to them yet. So our offer mm -hmm. may have not even been the best offer as far as price, but the terms that we provided him were all he was looking for. Well, that in addition, so I guess what is our secret sauce then? Dave touched on the credibility packet, and I guess I kind of forget about it because it's something we use on a lot of, I mean, deals that we know are competitive. So credibility packet, pretty simple. I'm, I'm sure you guys have probably mentioned this to your listeners, or maybe you haven't. But uh, we, we basically have a folder put together, and it has our company logo on it. Then we have a brochure with uh, some information about our company, as well as what David said. He comes with comps. So we run the comps before we go out there so we can provide them to the seller. We have a contract, an example of a special sales contract. So that's the sales contract that they use here, board-certified form here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. uh, we have proof of, funds. Uh, proof of funds in there. We put, um, yeah, I mean, so that's pretty much it. But again, you just come with something like that and in your business card, obviously. You come with that, and again, it makes you stand out from the guy who shows up in uh, a T-shirt and uh, you know a pair of shorts and just says, hey, I'll call you. I mean, again, it's one yeah. of those. There, you have to create your right some sort of edge, and I guess that's really what we do. Yeah, so we don't. it's not really any trick or anything like a hack or anything like that. I mean, a lot of people are always looking for that shortcut. You know, we don't really have any shortcuts. We stick to mail, postcards, bandit signs. We do some online advertising. You know, we have like magnets on our cars. So we don't have any tricks. But what we do is we convey that sense of, 
professionalism. So when we show up and say we're going to buy, we buy. We don't have any negative reviews online because we strive, you know, and make sure that everyone is is receiving that win-win. You know, we want everybody to win, even if they're walking away from a property. We want them to know that we're at least helping save credit or whatever the case might be. So a credibility packet is, is really important, but also having the ability to move fast, you know, and go out to a property and say, listen, I've already done all my research. You know, I don't need to go back to the office and spend two or three hours figuring things out to make my offer. Here's what I can pay. Here's my contract. If you're ready to be done with this problem and walk away, all I need is a signature and I'll handle the rest. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Uh, you know, and it does sound very easy and very simple to have a credibility packet, but I guarantee you that 99% of other wholesalers out there don't have that. So is that something that's in your course that you guys provide an example of, or um, how can somebody get a hold of that credibility packet just to have a, um, a reference? Yeah, so it's actually not in the course at this point in time. Um, it's probably something that we should maybe yeah, add maybe in there. That's sure. not a bad idea. But really, the credibility packet isn't isn't anything that is you know over the top or crazy. I mean, literally, there's a contract in there. There's proof of funds in there, and then there is um, a small little trifold that you know just tells the individual who we are. You know, here's name of the company, here's what we do, we buy as is, we pay cash, we close quick, you know, and then there's a little bit more information in there, but it's nothing so over the top. What I would say for somebody starting, again, if you're you're trying to target the, the newbie guy, don't overthink a credibility pack. No. If you're going to do this to try to stand out, great idea. So here's what I would do. I'd go to Vistaprint, I'd print up uh, some folders with your logo on it, and then just go with comps and a contract. Right. I mean, done. You, you don't need to, again, worry about your last hundred deals. and Because, again, if you search for it, I mean, you'll see all sorts of different things on what a credibility packet is. But, again, just show up with a contract in a folder that has your name on it. And comps. And comps. That's really and all you need to get started. You hand that folder to someone, they're going to keep that as opposed to uh, a business card, which they might lose. Right. So, it's yeah. big. It's shiny. You know, mm -hmm. it's something that... That they're being that that, you, that they are receiving to show the house that probably into other individuals like you just stated, you know, aren't providing them with. I think you know? even even a good majority of agents probably don't even show up with uh, with a them. nice packet for right. them. So, yeah. And another thing too is you know if they're not willing to accept that contract right there, it's a it's a conversation piece. Whenever you're in your follow up system, so if you call them three or four weeks later, hey, do you still have that folder that I left with you? You know that contract that's in there is still valid. You know, if we need to modify it, let's just modify it, and I need a signature and send it over. You know, so on and so forth. So, you know, I mentioned yeah, I, I mentioned line of credit um, or um, proof of funds by having a line of credit. If you don't have that, then don't worry about it. You know, keep it simple. Don't don't worry about putting that in the folder. Like Mike said, all you need to start is your contract and comps. But by having it, you know, put together in a folder, you know, if you can throw your logo on the front of it, even better. You know, it's, but don't overthink it. And as your company builds and as you become, you know, have more tools to put in that belt, a.k.a. folder, like a proof of funds or a little trifold about who your company is, add those down the road. But don't worry about it today. Don't stumble on this. You know, just put something together to show. Yeah. So, I mean, exactly. So on your next appointment, guys, make sure you print that con make sure you print a contract, bring it with you and print some comps and bring them with you. Yeah. It's that's just, it. You're going to be light years ahead of you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, guys, you know, um, you know, the biggest takeaway from this thing is 
just take action. Just do something. Even, you know, if it's simple, it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. Just get busy. So many people get so caught up with this paralysis of analysis thing where they're like, oh, you know, because I don't have proof of funds or I don't have this or I don't have that. They always make excuses. But here's the thing that you need to do in order to get started. Go get a deal. Just whatever, <laughs> by, at all costs. Throw everything up the wall until something sticks and get a deal. And then from there, figure out what you need to do next. Go find a buyer or figure out transactions or figure out contracts, but just start taking action. Yeah. It's so true guys. It's so true. Take action. That's the main thing. That's good. I'm definitely, I'm definitely taking those on the credibility packet. We actually started doing some of that, but we took an iPad with us, which is really, really cool. Um, but actually we kind of scrapped it because, you know, um, people wouldn't pay attention to the iPad slides. You put a PowerPoint presentation on a, on an iPad. So it was pretty cool. It was like techie, but you know, a lot of these people, uh, motivated sellers that we're meeting, they're not, they're not techie. They're, they're old school. And, and I think we're, we're going to go back to what you guys are doing and just, you know, getting a packed together, printing it out, getting a folder and just giving them that. I think that's like easier and simpler. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And you can always email those slides, but people don't want to get more emails than they're already getting and leaving an iPad yeah. behind is going to get really, really expensive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Hey guys, thank you uh, for sharing. We're going to go to the next section of the show that Jan and I like to call going deep. And in this show, uh, this, this section, we're just going to ask you guys, you know, just a couple of maybe, maybe deeper questions uh, about, you know, your goals and, and whatnot. So, you know, you guys are building this thing and it uh, sounds awesome. You guys have an awesome team. But what's your end? You know, is this a, a means to an end? Are you guys just going to keep building? Um, what does it mean to you? What's your guys' why? Why is it important? What, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Talk to us about that. Sure. I mean, I, so, I'll start. I mean, yeah. So I, I kind of started off by saying that, uh, wholesaling or real estate investing is kind of my jobby. So to me, <laughs> there's, no, there's no real end game in sight uh, just because I consider myself a young man still. And I, I don't necessarily dream of retirement the same way that I used to when I had a corporate job. So there is no real end game other than, I mean, just keep building this business, keep growing this business and keep having fun with it. Uh, I enjoy what I do. And again, I hopefully will, continue to enjoy what I'm doing for the next, you know, 15, 20 years. Right. Um, when I get to a certain level though, or when we get to a certain level, obviously I'm probably going to want to step away. And that's again on the replacing yourself within the company. So there is, there is a vision for that, but again, I just, I don't have it anytime soon. Right. Nice. I don't know. That's, no, I agree completely. Yeah. You know, definitely being able to, to reach more people and help them get involved in wholesaling and show them how simple and easy it can be. Um, is definitely one of our goals. And um, yeah, just working less and continuing to make more and more money is also a goal that we have. You know, and we're not lazy individuals. Like Mike said, it's a jobby to us. You know, we work sometimes late in the evening and on the weekends because we really enjoy real estate. You know, wholesaling is not, not always, you know, the, the most fun business to be in. But getting paid, no matter what you're doing, is always fun. Yeah. So, so there's yeah. one. There's a great one. So, one of my goals is, I always look at like the biggest check you make from wholesaling. So, whatever that number is, I always think, oh man, my next one, I'm gonna hit 10k higher. Like, I want to get the 100k check, and mm -hmm. then after you get that 100k check, I want to hit 125, or right. I want to hit a 250. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like uh, it, it's almost a game. So you kind of play those those number games. 
And mm-hmm. those those are kind of the goals that I have now is just kind of big. Uh, one of them, anyways, is a really big check. Right. So. And, you know, one of the advantages I think that we have with our company, there's four four partners, myself and Mike, and then two other partners, Bill and Ray, is that we all own rental properties. So not only are we, you know, wholesaling as our primary income and primary business, um, we also, you know, are investors. So we're, I think we have a little bit of a leg up and advantage in the game because we're not going out, you know, trying to get a property under contract because we think that investors would want it. You know, we are investors, so we know right then and there, hey, is something that I'd want to keep in my own portfolio or not? Well, typically that all comes just down to price. So if that house sucks and it needs 30, 40, 50 grand worth of work, you know, I may not be interested in that property unless I can get it at a steal. Mm-hmm. So it helps, I think it helps our business as well, knowing that, you know, we all own rental properties and we all have done some rehabs in the past to where, you know, not only A, does it help us acquire the properties at a really, really good price, but B, if it doesn't make sense and we wouldn't keep it or hold that property in our own portfolio, then typically we're not, you know, offering to purchase it. When we say we buy, we buy. And that's one thing that I think is makes us a little bit different than the competition is we don't go into any deal or any contract you know, with the intentions of just trying to sell it and then backing out. You know, if we're going to get that property under contract, you know, nine times out of ten, we're going to close on it regardless if we sold it or not prior to that closing date because we know we've got it at such a good deal that we can sell it, you know, later, you know, for a profit and or break even. So does it happen when we back out? Of course, because that's the purpose of inspection periods. Do your due diligence. But, you know, like I said, nine times out of ten, if we say, hey, we'll give you a you know, 80 grand for this property and we aren't able to sell it for 85, 90, 95, you know, in that 10, 15, 20 day period, we just close on it because we know that that property is worth 110, 120 and it's still worth owning. That's awesome. So, so I have a, um, I'm just curious in in this, you know, um, in this going to each section, um, if you both were billionaires and you had all the money in the world, how do you know we're not? (laughs) <laughs> well, you very well, maybe. Um, if would you guys continue doing this business, or what? What else would you do if you had all the money in the world? And you never had to worry about money again. What would you do with your time? Yeah, so I would still, I would still want to be a part of the business, and I'd still probably, you know, have a have a, an, an interest in the day to day operations. I probably wouldn't work as much as I do now, but I would, but I would essentially replace myself. And the reason that I'd still want to be a part of it is because I like creating that win-win. I truly like being able to, you know, help motivated sellers get out of that ugly situation or that ugly house or whatever it is and, you know, feel happy about the fact that they, you know, created a win on their end. And then I, you know, on the, on the flip side, I also like being able to tee up investors with really good deals that they can get a good price on as well as build my own portfolio. So, would I work as much as I do now? Probably not, but I'd still be a part of the business and I would still, you know, I'd probably want to expand it exponentially if we had that kind of resource. Yeah. So if I, again, so I'll answer it because I'm slightly different than Dave in my uh, long-term thought process. So let's assume I was a billionaire. Let's assume Household Easy is already in creation and we're running it and it's going well. We're making a lot of money. I would probably expand the empire, so to speak, into a slightly more philanthropic uh, side. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of passionate about, uh, I mean, I guess you could say I'm kind of a hippie, 
I like renewable energy and I like uh, that whole concept. So I would want to create uh, communities for lower income people that were uh, energy efficient or energy net zero type of properties. Mm. That would kind that's, of be, that's cool. Yeah, that would kind of be my goal, and it might be. So you'd probably be doing a lot more new construction then. It would. So again, real estate development. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd probably be again. I don't know. I, I've never. I haven't looked into it much. It's just been my eh, long term kind of maybe passion project. Once I get to, uh, you know, phase two of of the working life cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Three. Well, thank you guys for, for sharing uh, on this section of the show. Again, we just like to kind of, you know, pick the brains of entrepreneurs that are really, really successful and just seeing um, what their why is, what what gets them out of bed in the morning. And we just really appreciate you guys uh, sharing. Um, on this last section of the show, uh, we just kind of like to end on a lighter note. And this is called the touch of randomness. So we're just going to ask uh, a couple of questions here. So I'll kind of take the first one. If Mike, you want to answer this and David, you answer the next one. So Perfect. Mike, if you, if you could be an element, any element on the periodic table, what would <laughs> that be? Oh, geez. High school science. Yeah, t- taking, taking you back to science. Yeah, yeah that's right. Man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, an element. I, yeah. I don't know anything about elements anymore my memory is like <laughs> i don't know I don't I don't really. is gold an element is gold, gold. No. It carries a lot of value uh, platinum is that an element <laughs> yeah there you go we're, not, we're successful entrepreneurs but we're not the sharpest yeah, nice I, you know I, when I, it comes I, to that i guess hydrogen or oxygen i don't know they're both pretty important right, <laughs> right. salt <laughs> salt's one of them maybe salt <laughs> All right, Jeremy. So, so here's the next. So, if it were humanly possible, what exercise or workout would you choose to do for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for one month straight? Box. Ooh, I like that one. one. That's a good workout right there. Nice, Rocky. I'm gonna play some Eye of the Tiger right now. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this show. This wraps things up on the Simple Wholesaling Podcast. Uh, But again, there's going to be links to the course and all of the items that um, Mike and David talked about in the show notes at simplewholesaling.com forward slash episode 57. But one final thought, um, David and Mike, if someone wants to find more info about you in general, reach out to you and your company, where would they go? Uh, they can check us out at discountpropertyinvestor.com. Uh, there, there's the number for us. You can call and get a hold of us. You've got our email addresses on there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, discountpropertyinvestor.com. Um, and then, of course, the free wholesale course.com. Those are the two places to reach us. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much. We wish you so much success uh, with your business and your endeavors and appreciate you being on the show today, guys. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. Thank we you. appreciate it. Fun. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.